Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your hosts, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Welcome to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. We are talking the F word that is on everybody's mind today. No, it's not five. It's not the number of times the Miami Dolphins have won despite only playing seven games. It is the word fraud. So today we are going to answer the simple question of if the Miami Dolphins are frauds. And the perfect person to help me do that is none other than Dustin Godin. You can find him on X on Twitter at Dustin Godin 13. It's been a few weeks, my friend. It's good to see you again. It has. It has. It's great to be back a couple weeks off. And uh, yeah, quite a wild ride because I think the last time we talked was right uh, before the Bills game or maybe right after. Either way, we broke the streak. If we kept the streak going, the Dolphins would have obviously won Sunday night and we'd all be feeling a lot better. Um, Frustrating performance, to say the least. We did an airing of grievances yesterday. I don't know if you're a big Seinfeld guy, but uh, we we let out all our complaints about the refs. We let out our complaints or comments about the tush push. Uh, but we are ready to move on that. We are ready to focus on what we can control, and that is nothing because we just watch this team. But the question is, <laughs> do you feel this Dolphins team slowly working its way back down to the middle of pack, being that in the hunt team we all know and despise so much? Uh, statistically, no, I don't. I'm not worried um, about our season record right now. Um, we're still, you know, five and two, and we're still, we still have a good core of guys and we're about to get a bunch of guys back that I think is going to be instrumental in making sure that we keep the pedal on the, uh, to the metal kind of, uh, mindset, um, going. The idea of, you know, calling the dolphins frauds is that they can't, you know, keep up with the Buffalo bills and the Philadelphia Eagles. And first of all, it's a stack deck to begin with. If your only two chances to beat a quote unquote team above 500 is in Philly or in Buffalo. I mean, if it's that hard to win a football game in general, that, that speaks for itself here. Um, but it's a real tough situation to be in where I, I think the dolphins they've taken care of business when they have to. And, and I think it's a little unfair to kind of point at these two games, especially when you think about what have we learned about this Miami dolphins team from the Eagles game? We already knew that the offensive line has issues. We already know that they struggle at times against mobile quarterbacks and that linebacker unit is actually starting to look a little better and I'm starting to feel a little better about them, but I don't know how we can see what happened on Sunday night and think the Dolphins are frauds because everything that went wrong is stuff we expected to go wrong. The weaknesses of this team were just kind of uh, put on display, and I don't think that really changes anything. Absolutely. I think um, you, you already touched on it, but uh, linebackers, we've seen them come into the um, into their own, especially David Long Jr. We talked about him a bunch in the earlier parts of the season mm-hmm. and whether or not we would see that and you know, over the last three weeks or so, I think we've seen it. Um, offensive line, you know, can the real Austin Jackson sit back down, please? Um, that was uh, that was not his best game of the season for sure, but still it could have been much worse from him. Um, Liam Eikenberg, you know, obviously, you know, a pretty bad night for him. And 
I personally don't know if Isaiah Wynn would have been better than Lester, Lester Cotton. His snaps that he was in, he didn't really look that good on those snaps either. So, you know, we just have to go in, come out of that game and be like, all right, yeah, physical defensive lines with good linebackers. That might be our kryptonite. It, I agree. That is the biggest weakness that this Miami Dolphins defense face. But the thing that I thought was a little different is I didn't see that the offensive line struggled. Don't get me wrong. Um, each of the games the Miami Dolphins have lost, Tua has been sacked four times. You know, that's mm-hmm. not a coincidence there. But I think back to years past where there are those cold December games, um, you know, whether it's in Buffalo, New York. I even think about that Titans game. I think it was Tua's rookie year uh, where Brian Flores was just so, so heated on the sidelines. I didn't think that against the Eagles, this offensive line, despite all the injuries, really put the Dolphins in a position where they couldn't win the game. I think in years past, the offensive line has been so bad where the offense can't function in general. We saw the Miami Dolphins offense struggle. Don't get me wrong. They had 12 first downs. Tua had 18 completions. Usually that means 18 completions on its own right there. So I get it wasn't easy, but I don't think it was a situation the Dolphins couldn't overcome. And if they had to do this, you know, or try this 10 times, I could see them, you know, this might not sound like a lot, but three, four times coming away with a win in that. And I think that's a pretty good sign. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of hard to to analyze because on one hand, I do think we have seen the offense, the offensive line look worse than we saw against that game. Um, but the thing is, it's what they were doing to us that was limiting us, and um, particularly in the run game, Hassan Reddick just blew up most or like seven hundred times. Please. It was crazy. <laughs> um, and 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 it wasn't even Reddick. It was uh, their middle linebacker was doing great things too. Uh, what, what's his name? Um, Cunningham. Morrow? No, no, no. Oh, the other one. Uh, yeah. I should have had this start. Uh, I'll I'll start uh, looking it up right now. I should have had this in front of me. Right. Well, anyway, no worries. Um, and I mean, their nose tackle takes up like three and a half gaps. It's just like we were like everybody likes to talk about teams. And in, in like a sanitary way, they like to say, oh, team has this record, other team has this other record, this team should win. Not enough people really sit back and analyze matchups the way they should, because that's what it really is. It's scheme versus scheme. It's, you know, the culmination of 11 individual matchups at any given time. And sometimes, you know, a team is going to have your number with their style and their and their uh, their particular players against your particular players. It doesn't mean that if you get into the playoffs and you play a different team that you're going to fail because you lost to a good team. The the linebacker uh, Nicholas Morrow, I think that's who you were. Uh, that's exactly it. Yeah, and, and that's such a great point too, where I do think this team will look different and. I just want to go back. I mean, did, when you're watching this game against the Eagles, did you really see anything from this Dolphins team that was uncharacteristic? Anything out of the ordinary? Because I go back to the Bills game. It did really feel like that one, you know, you're just trying to plug so many different holes and eventually that, uh, you know, leak was going to spring. This game, I didn't feel like the Dolphins were 12 seconds away from being down 40. I know there's a big wide gap there, but it just did feel a little different. Yeah, there was a couple things. I think Tyreek, you know, probably wants a few back and probably um, that kind of stuff. But I do think from an offensive line standpoint, we had our game plan just wasn't as well thought out as it has been in the previous games. Like 
throughout the season, what have we been talking about? We've been talking about, you know, um, that our offensive line is performing good enough to allow Tua with his fast release time to get rid of the ball. But it wasn't really doing that. There was a lot of pressure. And on top of that, um, they were rerouting the hell out of our receivers as well. Uh, everybody's talking about the the one play uh, to Jalen Waddle, and uh, Mostert was like right there, and everybody's like, "Oh, the scheme has the spacing terrible." I don't know, man. The corner, the cornerback kind of routed Mostert into that area, and I don't know if that was Mostert's actual uh, route concept that he was supposed to be running. Um, so I, I think it's just kind of one of those things that we need to find answers against physical teams, and I think McDaniel can do that. It's interesting because you mentioned the Waddle reception where Mostert was standing right there. The Tua interception to Slay, I Mostert was standing right there and Waddle was standing right there as well. So, I mean, I don't, it, I, I kind of like your idea that the, the cornerbacks are rerouting them a lot and being incredibly physical. Uh, but I also wonder if maybe we're missing something. If Mike McDaniel's trying some things where he's maybe trying to play with cornerbacks by having two guys in the same area. I don't, I don't know for sure, but it's just, it's happened a couple of times now where I don't necessarily think that these professional elite athletes, oops, we just happened to make the same mistake twice in the game. That, that to me sounds a little fishy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, also on that interception, I mean, that was just an underthrow, really. Like mm-hmm. it, first of, first of all, it wasn't a great decision. Because, like, if you really watch that tape, uh, Slay was kind of um, uh, leaning towards that direction anyway. So you're you're essentially choosing to throw it into double coverage to a running back. And, I mean, I love Mostert, but he's still a running back for, like, he's not a a receiver. So, yeah, I mean, it sucks that, you know, I know the refs could have called a PI on it, but... um, you know, it's still uh, we didn't execute well enough still on the play. So, to me, that plays more about the, the probably the only mistake to have made in that game. But, uh, yeah, I completely agree. And two, I have seen. I think we've seen Moster actually make that catch sometimes this year, bail him out. It, it's so funny that Tua keeps going back to this, even though it it has struggled at times. But hey, I mean. That's kind of one of the things about being a quarterback is trusting your guys. I mean, how often it was it was Tom Brady's entire career, right? Just trusting that his guy's going to be there to make the catch at the right spot at the right time, even if he's completely blanketed. I mean, sometimes it's just the cornerback doesn't turn around fast enough. It could be perfect coverage. I mean, there are little things that really impact that. Yeah, especially if you're especially if you're throwing with uh, as much anticipation as Tua is right now, like when you when you when that's your play style, things have. A, an ability to turn very ugly very quickly on a, on any given play if there's any kind of miscommunication even if it's just you know a couple yards it, it it becomes what is he thinking at this point like well he was thinking one thing and that's not what happened so it, it can get ugly really quickly and it's it's kind of impressive I really thought we'd have that moment from Tua uh I, I even had the I think this is the drive he throws a, a ball right into a linebacker's gut feeling at one point but I mean I'm really impressed I mean there's pressure in his face all day the Philadelphia Eagles are built up front with that defensive line and he was still able to make a a fair amount of his throws again I'm not going to say he was fantastic but I think he did enough and if we want to be real nitpicky I mean we saw him 
there was a Liam Eikenberg. I mean, he almost derailed a drive on his own with a false start. And then I think he had a bad snap and we saw two overcome that. I think he even completed a pass on the play. We're starting to see the little things that make you convinced to say, Hey, maybe he's our franchise quarterback, but we need to see more of it throughout the entire season. And it'd be nice if he could have even taken a step farther and, and found a way for them to win. But, um, it's an unfair thing to ask, but when you're giving someone $50 million, it's, it's what you ask. It, yeah, I mean, I can't can't disagree with any of that, um, especially when you have, like, you know, the, the injury concerns or whatever. But yep. um, I don't know, man. For me, like, I don't put much of that game onto a at all, like, really. Um, I, I, that, I except for that throw, and maybe that throw was karma for you know Dolphins fans on Twitter like rejoicing for the back-to-back uh, Justin Herbert fourth-quarter interceptions in, in in two back-to-back games. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe karma exists, and 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 this is our punishment. <laughs> Hey, I'll, I'll take that punishment to be five and two. And that's like the big thing here. And that's why I think it's so silly to talk frauds. I mean, uh, what are we going to sit here and say that who should be in place of the Miami Dolphins? Are we really going to nitpick and say a team that's three and four, four and three is going to be better? I mean, the Dolphins have done so many things right this year. And even let's say they lose points to the Bills, to the Chiefs, to the Eagles. And, and let's say the, the Jets, the statement win by the Jets. Uh, down the road. <laughs> The Dolphins are still 12 and five and one of the best teams in the league. I I know there's a huge discussion to be had about being the first team overall and having that home field advantage. But I mean, you got to be feeling really good. I think we all would have been sitting here September if we were going to go win, loss, win, loss. I mean, these two would probably be the two circle bosses. If if this was a home game for the Dolphins, I'd think a little differently. But I mean, in Philly is very tough. And the Kelly Greens. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I I think some of the fraud talk is a is like super revisionist history to be honest i mean like when we when we went into uh our game one against the chargers in the Chargers stadium they were kind of like the it team at the at the moment they were like you know the team that people were talking about and you know we went in there and we we beat them and then you know i don't care how bad an afc east team's record is if you go into their home it's going to be a tight game Mm -hmm. uh I, we've seen it. We we've been the bad team that beat the Patriots. We've been the bad team that beat the Bills uh, in the year that we were tanking. Um, so they're usually the bad team that beats us, though. The part fact. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it goes either way. But like when you're that familiar, and look, the Patriots beat the Bills last week. Yep, exactly. Like if we want to talk about frauds, hint, hint. Uh, Let's maybe talk about the team that's close to 500. You would think. You would definitely think. <laughs> and that's such an important key, too. The, those divisional games. And the Patriots were healthier. But I, I don't want to get into all that because I think the Dolphins have some very impressive wins. And I think you touched on it. Uh, before I wrap up here, I'd love to get some thoughts on uh, uh, the defense here. Because, yes, the Dolphins allowed 31 points. But, man, I, I thought they played a pretty solid game. They forced three turnovers. Uh under three yards a carry for the Eagles. So, I mean, A.J. Brown's going to get his. He's going to be awesome, just like Tyreek Hill. Uh, we can always ask for more, and I think they could have done better, but I don't think is this is like a losing performance from that unit whatsoever. Um, I'm going to agree and disagree. I'm going to agree because, <laughs> because our pass rush was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the entire – like, and I saw people in in on Twitter during the game, like – they were hating on our pass rush saying like, can we fire Bradley Chubb? And I'm like, yo, he's the only one doing anything right now. 
Um, but uh, to me, on the back end of our defense, particularly at corner, I don't think we did it quite enough. And and also, I kind of have a hard rule of if your defense lets over like thirty points, it's just it's never you can you can't call it a win. Fair. That's very fair. <laughs> um, that is, I I could totally get that. Just because I I kind of live like my seasons like hey if you can get your defense to allow 20 points per game and you can get your offense to allow or to score 24 to 26 points per game that's a winning scenario and 31 is just a little bit too much higher than 20 for me to be like yeah they did great so oh yeah I totally get that something I think that's real interesting would it surprise you if I told you that the Dolphins are allowing the lowest yards per completion in the league they're tied with the Cowboys at seven point uh, four. So considering that this group has struggled with injuries, Xavier Howard, Nick Needham's actually on his way back. Uh, you know, you, you have to suffer of not having no egg there to come in and, and have that game winning interception. <laughs> uh, overall, the, the group has done a good job of containing opposing wide receivers. Uh, I'll say it again. I think AJ Brown's going to get his, the bills went absolutely bananas, but, but I wouldn't compare that uh, poor tackling performance to what we saw against the Eagles. No, no, we've definitely gotten better with the tackling. There's still some issues there, but it's not as bad as it was in, say, um, the Chargers game and the uh, the first, like, three weeks is when it was the worst. It was mm-hmm. insane. Um, and it would surprise me uh, to learn that stat, actually, um, because I feel like when watching, I'm always seeing, like, pretty wide open zones um and and the handoff between like the linebackers and the safety sometimes um or between um on like an in in breaking post uh between like the the perimeter corner and the safety um to me there's just some handoff issues still going on um in those zones and i think it'll you know it kind of sounds like Ramsey might be back this week or maybe the next week. Um, I'm kind of hoping this week because getting X and Ramsey and Connor back all in one game would be just Talk about amazing. What, what do you think? What do you? Th- how many points does that boost up? Just any team's Madden grade? Do you think? Just adding like a, an 86 Six. center. <laughs> like, like I mean, that's just such a huge, huge boost to this team, and I think that just what does adding Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey do to this defense? I'm really trying to figure out what the next step is. This is a Dolphins team that ranks third in the NFL in sacks. I think they're tied with the Eagles on that one. And then I mentioned the the yards per, uh, per completion average. I'm curious to see how the defense comes more disruptive with Ramsey, with Howard. Is it going to be more forced fumbles and coverage sacks or are quarterbacks going to be forced to make things happen and and shoot their shot? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to, to me, Holland is still the linchpin of the defense. I um, agree. Yeah, and I know he's in concussion protocol right now, and so hopefully, you know, he recovers from that, you know, pretty quickly. Um, because I think Holland being on the same side of as X is a is a huge thing for for X's production. Um, and I think Brandon Jones and X together on the same side is not a great combination. Um, Deshaun Elliott and Ramsey I think that's a great combination and that side should be relatively clean which should funnel things back over to the right side um, and give X more of his opportunities as long as the communication with 
the uh, strong safeties there. And uh, Jones, to me, he's he's more like a small linebacker than a safety. Mm-hmm, um, I agree. He he's very good at playing up and and uh, near the box, but and if you start asking him to have like elite ball skills or elite recovery and like flipping his hips and and hitting afterburners to you know make sure his zone is covered, that's where it starts to get concerning with him. And as we've talked about before, X can get burnt sometimes with his style of play, and you need a safety on his side. I think that is more committed to the deep third that literally plays as a safety like the safety net of the defense uh yeah uh, just 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 to kind of make it as simple as possible x he likes to take his shots that's how he gets his interceptions and you have someone like javon holland who has the speed and awareness to cover a lot of space i think if you want to go back and rewatch uh some of the all 22 tape start focusing on how Javon Holland moves his head and how he diagnoses plays because he is becoming so great at really understanding route concepts. And that's going to be so much fun for this defense. And then I'm curious to get your thoughts on how Deshaun Elliott and Jalen Ramsey work well, because these are two guys who simply put our, our good players on their own in their own right. Yeah. I think it's just about like Jalen Ramsey is a guy that, you know, we've seen him play a ton as a slot guy too. So really I think before the season came about, we were like, all right, we might even see Ramsey play safety a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. at times. And the reason for all that is because Ramsey is very good at his, at his uh, route concept responsibility and he shuts his guy down. And so when you have Elliot back there too, who also does a good job with diagnosing the routes and being able to like, Deshaun Elliott's not a splashy player, but mm-hmm. he he's a solid guy who does his his role properly and um, has high football IQ. So you put those two guys on the same side of the field. It sounds to me like it like, and then you have Kohu in the slot. It's gonna. It, I mean, it's to me, it's gonna funnel quarterback's eyes directly to the right. Mm-hmm. That that's where all the fun begins. Justin, before I let you go, can I get a uh, Sunday prediction from you? Um, well, let's see. The food's going to be good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My hand, hey, let me ask you a serious question. Yeah. When's the last time you were just like around the house and said, wow, my hands are kind of cold? Uh, years? Daily. Daily <laughs> over here. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> so jealous. So jealous. But that's why we, they make the podcasters live up in the Northeast. So we're stuck inside. Y'all can go enjoy the weather. I see. Yeah, so so expectations for the game. Um I think the Dolphins come out and they they it's an AFC East team. It's going to be harder than you think and they just came off of beating the Bills. They're probably a little bit high on themselves right now. Um Mac Jones has probably said some expletives in his in in his celebrations. And I think we're going to win 32 to 21. I like that. I, I think the I think the Pats are riding a little too high. I think we're getting them at the right time. And I, I forgot who tweeted it. I think it might have been someone from ESPN. Just someone in the Dolphins locker room was just like, uh, the next team we face, they're going to feel this. Just like the frustration and everything. So obviously that's what a team's going to say after a loss. But um, it's yeah. a little hyped up either way. 
at Dustin Godin13. Dustin, it's a blast to talk to you again. You said it all, and that will do it for today's episode of Another Dolphin Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. We will talk to you next time, but most importantly, the